you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome to Good Morning Football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. We are live here in New York City. It's Tuesday, October 3rd. For the last two nights, we've had primetime football games over in New Jersey that we have to talk about. I'm Jamie Erdahl. That's Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, and a Super Bowl champion, Jason McCourty, to my left. Kyle, great shirt you have on. It's your Angry Runs Mm. homage shirts that are coming out. And you had a special picture sent to you last night by Monday Night Football running back. That's right. One of the Seattle Seahawks, Zach Charbonnet, was out there. uh, Combined it with Mr. Walker, running all over the place. He won Angry Runs last week. We'll see who wins Angry Runs today in just about half an hour. But there was really no uncertainty about who won Monday Night Football. No. Oh, my God. That was was a whooping. This was a terrible night for the Giants. It really was from start to finish. They basically got shut out 24-3. But let's make it about the Seahawks. They're 3-1, and one, and look who's down on the field. Judy Batista caught up with the star of the game, that young rook, Devin Witherspoon. Go ahead, Judy. Devin, you're only the second cornerback since 1982 when they started tracking sacks. They have two sacks and a pick six in a game. When was the last time you had a game quite like that? I have no idea. I'm just happy that I made it today, so thank you. You guys sacked Daniel Jones 11 times. What were you hearing and seeing out there from them while that was going on? Uh, no, we were just trusting the uh, game plan that Coach Blake laid out for us. Um, we knew he liked to stare down his first target, so he had his back turned. A lot of guys just win a one-on-one matchups up front, man. Shout out to our D-line. Uh, without them, we couldn't have made the plays that we made, so that was it. 
After the game, Tariq Woolen, another guy in the Seahawks secondary, said it felt like we were playing Madden out there. I'm like, if you play Madden with that defense, that's, you know, all the tricks of the trade Engage on the controller. Eight. Exactly. Uh, Seahawks dominant on the road last night, Jason. I assume you're going to take us on the defensive side of the ball first. Oh, Devin Witherspoon. Oh, my goodness. When he was coming out of Illinois, you're watching him. I was like, this guy, he's on the Uwe watch list because as soon as he gets in the NFL, he's going to be making plays. And... Monday Night Football is been everybody's watching prime time. Why not come out of the show and show everybody why you were drafted fifth overall, why you were the first cornerback off the board, and he did. The pick six was beautiful. Reading his eyes, makes a play. Daniel Jones, bad throw, throws it right to him. You take it back 97 yards. It was all the other plays. Troy Aikman couldn't stop raving about him after he made play after play, whether it was a big hit on Brightwell coming through the line of scrimmage, whether it was pressure on Daniel Jones coming away with sacks. This is a guy who's played mostly on the outside, and just this week, last night, they moved him to the inside. They've had injuries. They had Michael Jackson on the outside, Woolen on the other side. It's just like, we may have to keep this guy on the inside, and it fits him because of his skill set. He's a guy who can cover, but he's so physical. He wants to be involved in the run game. He wants to be able to go after the quarterback. He has so many different tools that he can use on the football field and last night we got to see him all in one total night chasing down Daniel Jones, making plays and then even to be a young rookie after the game to talk about Daniel Jones and be like, hey, we knew film study going in. He was going to stare down his target. Giants fans, that sucks. I don't want a rookie cornerback talking about my quarterback, talking about how easy he is to read, going into the game, feeling confident. Devin Witherspoon, when you say those things, after you have a performance like that, nobody can argue. That's what, his third game, fourth game? He was hurt all summer. (laughs) All training. You can see him, and then he comes out there, he's already talking about film study. Here's the deal with Daniel Jones. He does this. We know that. right? You already know that. Read him like a book. That's not good. Um, (laughs) Last night was a complete annihilation. The Giants fans this morning, I, I understand you stayed up late watching the Jets. And there's a little glimmer of hope from the Jets at the end there. The Giants thing is a totally different story. This is this is as bad as it can be. This is the nadir for the season, you'd hope. Except they play the Dolphins and the Bills the next two weeks. Oh. So this doesn't get any better for the Giants. If you look at it this way, they had an 11-day break because they played on Thursday night mm-hmm. and a Monday night. That's as long as a stretch as you possibly can have. Travel across the country. They had one team to game plan for, the Seahawks. They could watch them for 11 days. Some teams have four days to prepare for a game. They lost 24 to 3, no touchdowns. They've been outscored 64 to 3 at home. Jeez. They lost to the Cowboys 40 to nothing mm-hmm. first week. Uh, that was with a lot of that being, you know, Geno Smith out of the game for some of it. The Seahawks offense not exactly clicking at all cylinders. And it's one of these deals with Daniel Jones where the, the head coach is throwing a tablet at his feet and he doesn't even look like he can't. Hey, there's no reaction, there's no anything, there's no pulse. Yeah. You almost. This is very reactionary New York. Just give me something, Daniel. Act as if you at least are upset. Act as if you're at least feeling it like the fans are. Like if he got up and said, don't throw that thing at me. Yes, throw the tablet back. Or light up a receiver. Or talk to the offensive line. Put them together. Something. Just a little energy. A little something. (laughs) I shouldn't be more upset than Daniel does. I'm not even a Giants fan in quotes. I'm just watching this because I've been... I've been watching the Giants for the last couple of years, and you thought last year that they turned the page, and it's back to Daniel Jones, Joe Judge era. It's back to Daniel Jones, McAdoo era. It's back to all that. It's back two steps forward, ten steps back. Look at this right here. He he gets a tablet thrown at his feet. He doesn't even react. It's just like, yeah, all right. I, I don't know what to say if you're a Giants fan this morning. Um, it's only going to get worse. You have to go to Miami, and then you're hosting... 
the or Buffalo Bills on Sunday Night Football yeah. with all the country watching. Uh, Daniel Jones doesn't win in primetime. He's done it one time. It was. It's not even worth noting. They're one in eleven in primetime. It's just. This is bad, and it's at this point where you just paid him. So yes. there's still a whole season left to go. What do you do? He's, I think, $35 million against the cap, and then like $45 million against the cap mm-hmm. next year. I don't know the numbers exactly. It's 46. But it's a lot. 46, but like, they're, yeah, you could say, well, we can get out of it next year. No, that, like, you still have a full season this year mm-hmm. and a full season next year. Um, and I know Saquon's hurt, and I know Andrew Thomas is hurt, but there's a lot of injuries around the league. Like, I, I just feel bad for Giants fans this morning. That's, you, you deserve better than that. Isn't it supposed to be, though, that Daniel Jones calm and the poise right. and he doesn't and maybe act that's, erratically? Maybe that's, that's what, what we were you, told. What, yeah. what do you mean? He's locked in. He's a hard worker. Honestly, in the huddle, honestly. I know you're being sarcastic, but like, in the I huddle. Am. And Jason, I'll ask you. When things are melting down, like who's the voice in that giant huddle being like, all right, everybody, everybody get together. Like, I, I don't, don't think it's Daniel Jones. No, and it, it doesn't I don't know. have to be. Shouldn't it be? It, it, to a certain extent, yes, but to the other level, you got to be who you are. And that's, if that's not who he is, it has to be somebody else. It can be an offensive lineman who's up there going off when you give up 11 sacks in a game, but it has to be someone. It can't be Brian Dable because he can't go out there and play. Well, if it's not him, it should be obvious who it is, yeah. and we don't know who the answer is. That's The fact that we're talking about that it's 10 minutes in after a Monday Night Football game, the fact that we don't know the answer to that in the offensive huddle for the Giants is bad. Seahawks, great night. Yeah. Great night. Let me just take 12 seconds. Yes. 12, you sacked this dude 11 times, this team. Like, 11. We just saw Khalil Mack have six sacks, and now the, the Seahawks are like, oh, what do you can do better that as a team? They had multiple guys with multiple sacks. They, had, they dominated this game. I just want to say, Seattle, you were unbelievable. Now, as for Daniel Jones, um, Peter, what did you say? They had an 11-day break? Yeah, 11-day break. So that's, that's one day for every sack they gave up. That's one day for every primetime loss. Oh. Um, you know what? When you read about the Giants right now, there's that sentence that comes along a lot. It's, in the Super Bowl era. You don't really want to yeah. be seeing that. Uh, 77 to 9, they've been outscored in the first half. They have not scored a first half touchdown this year. And the only points they have, they're not just field goals, they're like long ass field goals. Like, they're like 58 yarder. From we 16. weren't even close. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, oh, 31 yard. No, no, no. It's like they weren't even close. <laughs> Remind me, uh, Peter, you know about the contractual stuff much better than me. With the Daniel Jones contract, uh, what's the return policy on that? Is it 30 days? Can you get a credit? Like, is there anything? Can you, if you save your receipt, all of this is fair, you can't dude. you all can exchange for another one. I'm the idiot who put up a whiteboard <laughs> and they asked who's a dark horse Super Bowl contender, yeah. and I put up the New York Giants logo mm-hmm. and like very co- like confidently looked at the camera and like I'm just saying like mm-hmm. no, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. 64 to three at home. 64 to three at home. You know what the problem with that is like. That's the Giants fans who are like, let's go to the game. Let's bring our son and our daughter and let's yeah, drive there and fight traffic night. and let's buy the merchandise. They got school tomorrow, but let's just keep them up. Right. And they go there and they just get crushed. You can't get crushed that bad at home. It bothers watch, the fans. Watch 48 plus yard field goals. That's what like, let's go and watch like a kicking expedition. Yeah. I, I noticed the body language too on Daniel Jones during the highlight. And it wasn't enough because after the game, Brian Dable was asked about that whiteboard or the tablet interaction. Yeah. And he said, I went over to him to see what he thought and tell him what I saw. Him answering that question and that was longer than I feel like the time that Dable actually spent there with the surface. I felt like it was an alarmingly quick interaction. Like either he was waiting for 
Daniel Jones to look up at him because mm. there was no eye contact. If we can see the clip again, I don't, think, I don't think Daniel Jones looked up at his head coach when he came over to address him. It's an alarmingly quick interaction between a head coach and a quarterback. Either nothing was said, which is inadequate, or something was said, which was not acceptable. Mm. And it allowed your head coach, who won coach of the year last year, to have that interaction with your quarterback. So I don't know who that's an indictment on, but the fact that after the game, Dable tried to protect Daniel Jones, said, I'm not going to get into it, but that's what I was trying to do with him. But the body language, I just feel like Daniel Jones, Peter, to your point, it's the same facial expression, no matter what. 20, 24 hours apart, the Jets lose. Zach mm. Wilson, who was the punching yes. bag of the week, mm. Mahomes is grabbing him. Like, man, you got it. Like, you got, you got the talent, baby. You got the talent. Like, you can do this. And everyone yeah. is like, okay. Dan-. And Zach Wilson sits at the podium, and he's like, it's on me. I fumbled. Daniel Jones is... And in this city, that stuff matters. I know maybe in a in a draft room when you're looking at it and it's analytics guys and it's when New York City is different. Like this show a little emotion. Yeah. Just a little bit. You could argue that maybe Saquon Barkley should be the voice in the huddle, but he's been out for the last two games. So you got to have somebody else step up in a moment like that. Tom Pelissero stepping up right now. We got news that we want to get to. We saw Geno Smith, Tom, uh, sit out for a few drives last night. He returned, though. What can you tell us this morning about Seahawks injuries? Well, Jamie, Geno Smith was able to return and finish off that blowout win over the Giants after going to the locker room following was a dangerous tackle by Giants safety Isaiah Simmons at the sideline. You can see the play. This is what's known as a hip drop tackle. The competition committee actually discussed banning it in the offseason because of the high associated injury rate. The NFLPA pushed back against that potential rule change, saying that it was unfair to players and unrealistic to implement, so no action taken this year. But obviously, Geno Smith was not happy. The good news is Coach Pete Carroll said that it was just a twisted knee for Geno. With a bye coming up in Week 5, he should be good to go moving forward. Safety Jamal Adams also dropped out of that game early on, was pulled out of the game by the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant on the sideline after taking a knee to the head by Giants quarterback Daniel Jones. Again, there's a bye upcoming this week. A lot of disappointment for Adams, but with 14 days, statistically, he should be able to get cleared, though, of course, that is subject to being cleared by an independent neurologist. In other news, Colts coach Shane Steichen confirmed what we reported on Sunday, which is that the Colts are going to open the 21-day practice window for their star running back, Jonathan Taylor, tomorrow. Now, Taylor had been on the physically unable to perform list because of ankle surgery and had gone, undergone further treatment through the course of training camp. My understanding is he is fully healthy at this point. Still wants a new contract or else a trade. There have been no recent trade talks, though. The Colts would still be open to the right deal, but the price has been really high in that. So the Colts' focus at this point is getting Taylor ready to play, and Jamie Steichen would not even rule out the possibility Jonathan Taylor could be on the field this week against the Titans. That's interesting, Tom. I'm curious what Jonathan Taylor thinks about the Colts' offense now that he has seen the team play through the first couple of weeks because Anthony Richardson has been so fun, and I wonder if he wants to get out there with those guys and just try it on for size. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Shotgun snap to Burrow. Joe scrambling to the right. Sack. And Joe Burrow could not shake Miles Garrett. Looking, fires over the middle, intercepted at the goal line. Ugh. Joe Burrow did not have him accounted for. Burrow back to throw against the blitz. Pump oh. fakes, gets stripped, and then falls on the ball. And it is a Titans takeaway. Yeah, we go from the Giants with those high expectations to start the show to now the Bengals and their high expectations. Of course, they had been to the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship game back-to-back years, and Mm -hmm. right now they're 1-3. And And part of the problem has to do with the health of their franchise quarterback, Joe Burrow. Burrow has started every game this season, even though it is clear that he is dealing with a lingering calf injury. Yesterday, head coach Zach Taylor was asked about Burrow's status for Week 5, and he seemed... A bit bemused by the question. Zach, are you anticipating Joe Burrow starting and playing on this week, this week's game against Friends? Yeah. That's a strange question. Yeah. Well, I mean, does it kind of fall up, though? I mean, do you feel like he's healthy enough to run a good offense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. All right. So we were talking about it yesterday. It's clear that Burrow's hurt. With that, it's time for a game of We In or We Out. Here we go. Here is Joe Burrow, season comparisons, last year to this year. Mm. But Zach Taylor doesn't seem too concerned with the health situation of him being a starter going into week five. So let's go to our table here. It's obvious we watch football. We have thoughts. (laughs) Even at one and three, the Bengals can still afford to give Joe Burrow some time off and let that calf heal. Okay. Are we in or are we out with that statement? Perhaps a backup might be the better option. Right okay. now. Oh, I am in, and yeah. I am in just because it is Joe Burrow and he's your franchise quarterback. The backup being a better option, it's hard to say that, but when you watch the game and you see what Joe Burrow's doing, this isn't Joe Burrow. We've watched him over his young career, and we've been fascinated by him throwing the ball to Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, down the middle of all over. Even his athleticism when he's forced to scramble and make a play, we haven't seen that. He's averaging less than five yards per pass. 
out of 150 passes. He's the first quarterback in NFL history to do so. So when you see Joe Pearl putting up stats like that, that is making history on the wrong side of it, you have to wonder. For Zach Taylor, if he is healthy enough, and I know he's having full practices this last week, but if he is healthy enough and this is the product that we're seeing on the field on offense, then it's just like, all right, well, who's to blame? Because this isn't the offense that we've come to expect, and this isn't the offense that's helping them win games. So I think for them, as a coaching staff, as an organization, you have to look at this and say, hey, are we doing a disservice to Joe Burrow? Because he's not going to take himself out. Mm -hmm. He's a warrior. He wants to be out there for his guys. But if he's in there, they're not winning. So it's still not looking good. I'm out. I'm out. You got to get him play out the, there. You, I, the I think play Burrow. Okay. Yeah, I, you can't afford. I agree with Jason. It's not Joe Burrow. It's 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 faux Burrow. Mm -hmm. F A U X. Like that is not really him out there. But I have this nightmare. I, I picture this Good Morning Football segment where we're sitting here and Peter's over there at the screen. He's like, "Let me tell you about Jake Browning. This is this guy, Washington, undrafted. He's got some interesting story about his family." Jake Browning, if you don't know, is the guy that Jason's referring to as the backup. They don't have uh, Colt McCoy. They don't have Chase Daniel. Yeah. Those are why those guys have jobs for situations like this. Jake Browning's never completed an NFL pass ever. I, you're playing the Cardinals this weekend. That's what I was, that, that's, I was gonna bring it up. We so. we respect the Cardinals because they play hard, but yep. th they're not a world beater team. Can you beat them with Joe Burrow? Yes, you can. You have to get a win now. If you play jo if you play what's his name, Jake, Jake Brown. Browning, Brown. and you lose to the Cardinals and your season's over, like damn, I would have really liked to know what we had from Joe. Joe can stand up there, he can move around sort of, and he can throw. I start your studs. This is a playoff game for the Bengals. I would not go to an untested backup. I'm out on this as well. Everything seems to be going fine. You know, when you're scoring the least amount of points in the league through the first four weeks, when you're 0 for 5 in the first half on third down conversions, when you want your quarterback to be able to scramble for a third down conversion, it seems to be going fine. I think if you play the Cardinals and Joe Burrow can't quite beat them or can't edge that one out, it's okay because you still have to go play the Seahawks the next week and then you have a bye. Yes, I think he needs to take a beat. It's not Joe Burrow. This I'm, I'm in on this. It's this is the week to do it, and if not, and I know we just saw the Seahawks, but this would be the week to do it. And if Zach Taylor is going to say, he he just lied to our faces, I think, further into that press conference, he said, Joe Burrow is perfectly equipped to run this offense right now. Seriously? Seriously. Is that what you're seeing out there? I, I think it it is ill-fitting for this offense to have this version of your quarterback. And frankly, it's a little bit of the Zach Wilson treatment because if Jake Browning is your best option, then I go back to who was making these decisions in the summer yep. to put this Jake Browning in strange. this position, especially when this calf injury was suffered, I think, on July 28th. I mean, this easily could have not gone anywhere, and that's the position that we're in right now. I know I just sarcastically said out, but I really am in. Okay. Yeah, we, uh, we did kind of dismiss the, the Cardinals, right? But that said, to Jamie's point, it goes Seahawks by 49ers, Bills, and then the Texans, who suddenly have this amazing defensive front. Who yeah. have been, If ever there was a week, maybe this is the one. And yet, I've done a little bit of reading on the calf injury. Like, it's one of those things where it can heal still while you play. It's more time than rest. So... I, I trust the medical staff in Cincinnati, but I think to your point, this is also a playoff. They're game. done. You can't go one They're and done. four in the AFC, and then especially he's, in that AFC North. He's just not helping them win with his performance. So it's just like, yeah, we need Joe Burrow out there, but when you're what watching version him, of right. All right, let's lighten it up a little bit. What do you got? Started with the Giants talk. Now the Bengals. Yeah, my goodness. How about the Houston Texans? Okay. I like yeah. that. Twins right. in a row. And this is the uniform, yeah. all right? Red helmets, uh -huh. red jerseys. Because our show is hard-hitting and hits all of the important topics. Here is the statement. Go on. The Texans' all-red uniforms are the cleanest of all the new looks that we have seen this season. 
Are we in or are we out? We go to the fit list guru, on, our Jay. fashionista, our GQ model, Mr. Jason McCourty. Are we in or are we out on the Houston Texans all red with yeah. the shiny helmet? He's got the cable knit on right yes. there. <laughs> the cable Cable's back. I, I appreciate you saying GQ. I was in the magazine before. Ah. Oh, I am in on this. It is the red, the shiny red helmet shiny that red. does it for me. The red jerseys are really cool, but when you add the helmets to it, I just think it is awesome. You're watching them last week against Pittsburgh, and they're all over the field. They're making plays. And you're just like, who's that? That's the Texans? It's a red helmet? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I'm, I'm all in. I love it. it looks like the Cardinals or something. <laughs> yeah, the shiny I red. I was a sucker for the matte purple that came out for the Vikings this season. It Those was are the nice. throwback. It was the Bud Grant patch yeah. on the shoulder. Uh, it was even J.J. Watt had a tweet where he wrote, those are too clean, and that's the <laughs> Texans' J.J. Watt. So I'm going to go Vikings throwback on that one. The red ones look really good. They did. They really do. It's it's a little bit of a cheat because it's not your core color. Yeah. You know, it's almost like a color rush. Yeah. I like the Vikings ones, too, because the Vikings did this crazy thing with their font and their numbers and they like they make loop-de-loops yeah. in them or something mm-hmm. so they went back to the old school but i'm gonna say i'm gonna say i'm in on this okay Peter. you know what like the texans haven't given us a lot of excitement oh. over the last few years not, not only is the product good but something about when you turn on that texans game where scott hansen goes to it, you're like oh the red hits yeah. Yeah. i kind of like it it looks the, the, their regular uniforms a little tame so I, I love this i'm gonna go in can i give a counter I like these all white Cardinals right. ones. I'll right. tell you, they bring me back to the early 90s, and it's that the way that Cardinals helmet is all white, and the yeah. jerseys all white, and the pants were all white. They were flying around the field against the Niners. I was into the all white Cardinals. I know they don't look as good when they're not winning, <laughs> but there's something old school and yet a little new age about the all white. Can I make a suggestion? What do you like? I don't like NFL teams that have the name of their team on the jersey. It says Cardinals. We we know who you are. I like back to the old school Cardinals when they had that sun rising. And it was like state flag. Yeah. Maybe that's problematic, but I don't know. I like the the sun rising on that. Remember when the Cardinals sent us that one and it was in like a bank vault? Like they brought it out and just drop it right on the table. It was valuable. Cardinals and Texans talk bright and early. That's what we do. Cardinals and Texans uniforms. That's what (laughs) we do. Right. And and your quarterback talk. Hey guys, hello gay man. We knew we had to execute versus that team. Brock, 20 and 21. Alright. That's ah. 20, 21. Hey, the BA 148 yards. Alright. BA's career game. Alright. Hey, Christian, four touchdowns. Enjoy the day. All right, always enjoy winning in this league. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Hey, man. Hey, I mean, it's an honor taking the field with you guys, man. This is a special team. Niners on three. One, two, three. Casual four touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey has joined Emmett Smith now as the only other player in the Super Bowl era with 600 or more scrimmage yards and seven or more TDs in their first Four games of the season. It's a remarkable full screen to look at, but it's kind of not the only one that Christian McCaffrey has put his name on to start this season because of the way that he has played the first four games, Peter. He's got so many records already, and I look at it at the 49ers franchise. The greatest wide receiver ever played for the 49ers. The greatest quarterback of his generation played for the 49ers. <laughs> Roger Craig, Ricky Waters, Frank Gore Ronnie played for the 49ers. Ronnie Lott played for the like, Historic franchise littered with Hall of Famers. And on the offensive side of the ball, whether it be Dwight Clark on down, there's all these names. And yet Christian McCaffrey is the first 49er to do this. Uh, through four, 
games. Yeah. 100 scrimmage yards and a touchdown. And it's legends and legends and legends. And the list goes on after this of guys who've had two and three. No one's gotten off to a start in 49ers history like Christian McCaffrey has. Uh, you can't make this stuff up is the segment that we, we always laugh at with mm-hmm. the NFL with the script joke that we're doing. Yeah. Um, you can't make this stuff up. And yet, you kind of can. When he's healthy, there there might be no more dynamic playmaker in the sport than Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, it's been awesome to watch. And we saw him in Carolina. He had the thousand and thousand. It's like, man, this guy's really good. But it's just like a different Christian McCaffrey since he's joined the 49ers. He's just been unbelievable. We saw it last year when he first got there. He's throwing for a touchdown. He's running for a touchdown. This is him since he's joined the 49ers. This is scrimmage yards. This is catching the ball. This is handoffs. He's been the best offensive weapon. You can argue all you want, who you like, style points, when you see the gritty, when you see a stiff arm from Derrick Henry. But numbers are numbers, and he has atopped that list with some real, some of the best players in the NFL right now since he's joined this Kyle Shanahan offense. It's been unbelievable. You say you can't make this stuff up. It's just stat after stat after stat of Christian McCaffrey and a 49ers uniform. I think you're right. I think this he was really good in Carolina, but it's the pairing now with Shanahan. It's like... Remember when the Night King like finally got a dragon? And you're like, it's a wrap. What are we going to do with this? I feel like Shanahan got his dragon. But as far as the MVP, of course he's going to be a candidate. <clears throat> Could he win this thing? The last running back to do it, Adrian Peterson. This is how we're looking through four games, guys. The MVP season for Peterson and this season wow. for, for McCaffrey. <laughs> now listen, it's not even close. McCaffrey is lapping him. Adrian came on strong. He, he started all 16 games, and he had that headline, 2,000 yards rushing. He almost broke the rushing record. I think it was I eight yards short. It was. So you have to have the story. You have to have history. Which, which, what Christian has going for him is what if they do go 17-0, or what if they go 16-1, and he mm-hmm. breaks the records. He has the story. He's a long way to go, though, because it's yeah. not. A, it's, there's so many great quarterbacks going to keep putting up numbers. It's, I think it's still a long shot despite the start. I really do. I'm just happy for him. He was plagued with just injury eye rolls, if yeah. you will, when he was in Carolina for so many years. Like he was everyone's fantasy baby, and then you'd get hurt, and then you'd make, be mad at yourself that you had him on your team. I just I love the start because he seems healthy. He seems strong. I was looking back at first four games. He had, in 2019 and 2020, he had four touchdowns to start the first four game. But, like, this start with yards per gain and yards per game, it's just crazy. But every other year, he's had 0-0-1. Like, this is a remarkable. The answer is yes to the question. Yeah, he definitely. MVP candidate. Yes. They are a lot of them, though. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the exactly. olympics he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of that like that see that Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. I, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? 
I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. We now welcome back to the show another friend of the program, a three-time Super Bowl champion, former VP of player personnel with the Patriots, <laughs> Mr. Scott Peel. Hey, welcome Scott. Up, Scott. Scott. Good morning, football. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Scott, we watched last night. We were just talking about Daniel Jones, but we didn't maybe give the credit that the Seahawks mm. deserve to start the hour. Pulled off an impressive victory. What was your biggest takeaway from the game as a whole? Peter, my takeaway was the fact that the Seattle Seahawks offense was so efficient and obviously the defense was completely smothering. You know, I look at the game plan that our guy Sugar Shane Waldron put together for the Seattle Seahawks. Terrific job. Again, efficient. They were able to rush for 120 yards, 5.3 per clip. And also a very clean game by Geno Smith. No interceptions. Again, it weren't eye-popping numbers, 120 yards passing, but a very clean game. And that's exactly what Shane needs to do with Geno Smith to make sure that they're going. So when they can run the ball, they can throw the ball well. Very efficient. On the flip side, it was outrageously good by the Seattle Seahawks defense. And we've been talking all morning about the 11 sacks that they had against the Giants. It was a team record for sacks against the Giants. But again, this reminds me of Pete Carroll football, of old Seattle Seahawks defense and overall football. So to me, a great sign for the Seattle Seahawks, not a very good sign for the New York Giants right now. I hear that, Scott, and we feel it here in New York. Um, Interesting story that is a combination of media and football. Jets lost on Monday night by three points to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Mm. On the air, a guy you have a lot of history with, Rodney Harrison, took a lot of heat for pushing Chris Jones to speak negatively about Zach Wilson. Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets, was asked about it yesterday. Take a listen. I heard about it, and from my understanding, uh, Rodney uh, uh, this morning handled everything the right way. Uh, Rodney's a good man, and uh, uh, whatever he's getting for... um, for that is it's uh, water under the bridge I think he's he, he's handled it exactly the way he's supposed to it's part of the profession uh, fair unfair I um, you know it's not it's not even though it feels personal it's not personal uh, you can't take it personal people are trying to eat too and trying to uh, um, uh, you know it's I, I we, we get it you know it's just part of the part of the business part of the profession a very, very uh, measured response from Salah. And Scott, go anywhere you like with this. You have so many connections to all of this. What's your response to this whole story? Yeah, I, you know, I agree with Robert Salah. Rodney Harrison is a really good man. And I was disappointed in Rodney's words because no matter what Robert Salah says, unfortunately, Rodney did make it personal. And to me, that was disappointing. And, you know, I'm thankful that Rodney reached out and apologized. But uh, again, I really appreciate the grace that Robert Sala showed 
in, in, in towards Rodney Harrison. But to me, you know, it's funny because I've been on both sides of this and I think about this whole situation and there's a difference between criticizing someone and making it personal. When it's made personal, people justify it and say that, okay, this is my job. This is how I have to pay my bills. But there is this line of civility, I believe, and a responsibility that we have in the media. And trust me, hey, I have failed at times, even when I was working with people and leading people by saying the wrong things and sometimes making it personal. But I think sometimes we have to step back and and just understand the platform that we have and the damage that we can do. Because the truth is it. Robert Saul is right. We sign up for it. It becomes part of the job. However, our children don't sign up for it. Our spouses don't sign up for it. The people that love us don't sign up for it. And I have seen how words have affected the mental health of people and unfortunately manifested itself in some not so good situations. So uh, I appreciate and respect what Robert said. And I also appreciate and respect that Rodney has backtracked a little bit and at least reached out and shown respect to uh, Zach Wilson like he should have. I think we should appreciate and respect, Scott, too, how Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs handled it as well. He was being asked mm. to essentially criticize Zach Wilson's yeah. play, and he just wouldn't go there. He went the opposite way, and he gave a true analysis of what he saw on Sunday night as a part of the Chiefs' defense. Earlier in the show, Scott, we discussed whether or not the 1-3 and three Bengals can afford to give quarterback Joe Burrow a week or two rest dealing mm. with that nagging calf injury that he suffered in training camp. We at the table, we were split, I think, whether or not the Cincinnati Bengals should do this. What would you do if you were in charge in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow? Jamie, this is a terrific discussion. And as you've heard me say before, that I always believe that it's in the hands of the head coach to make decisions as to who plays and who doesn't plays, with the caveat of player health. And to me, as I watch Joe Burrow play right now, he's not healthy. He can't get out of his own way. He can't protect himself, most importantly. Not only can his offensive line protect him, but he can't protect himself. And that's a problem. You've got a player who's not only a franchise quarterback, he's one of your players. So you have to find ways to protect him. So to me, this is where the conversation between the head coach and the GM has to go down. And as the GM, you are looking at trying to win now, but also protect your franchise in the future. It's a really complicated situation sometimes because coaches feel like they have to win now in order to save their jobs. But at the end of the day, to me, Joe Burrow needs to be given time so he can be in a situation where he can actually protect himself. Definitely. It just doesn't look like the Joe Burrow that we've become accustomed to seeing week in and week out. But on the other side, in other news, the Houston Texans, they're looking really good. And C.J. Stroud mm. has been balling as a rookie quarterback. And I want to give you an opportunity to sign some, sign some light on Nick Casero, the GM there. He's a guy that you were with in New England. He's brought in a lot of good picks, and they just punished the Steelers to get to 2-2 two and two on the season. As you watched them in their early success, what stands out to you the most, Scott? What stands out to me the most is that they have acquired some good young players along with a couple of veteran players that are good players. And what they're doing is they're playing those young players and they're having success. You know, I go back to the draft time and there was a lot of criticism that went Nick's way because of all of the currency that he gave up in order to trade. Oh, it doesn't meet the points on the draft chart. And I, I understand draft charts, I understand points. But I also know that building a team is more than just analytics. And Nick understands that. Nick is a really smart guy and quite honestly one of the hardest working people I've ever seen in this industry. 
And when Nick did that, he did it for a couple reasons. He wanted to make sure that he got arguably the best offensive player in last year's draft in C.J. Stroud, but the best defensive player. But here's the other thing that Nick did, and Jamie, you know this also. You know Will Anderson. He's an absolutely amazing young man, championship makeup, championship player. Nick went out and got good players that fit the bill because he's focusing on team building and the right people. Yeah, Scott, it, Jason mentions it too. The fact that you have C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson Jr. as captains yeah. on that team is a remarkable way to start the tenure for uh, Nick Casario and those young guys. Yeah, a lot of people thought they gave up too much to get up to that third overall pick. Who cares? They got two franchise players, and it's not your exactly. players, and they felt like it was the time. Scott, good stuff as always. I know your connection to Nick. It's really cool that you could see this team flourish. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great rest of your week. Appreciate you. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.